0: This is a podcast from BFM 89.9 The Business Station.
1: BFM 89.9 The Business Station. My name is Rich Bradbury and welcome to Cruise Control. I'm joined as usual by my friends here on the phone lines. We've got Ali Johan. Say hello Ali. Hey good evening, Richard. Good evening, Daniel. And of course, Daniel from DSF.my. Hey Daniel, how are you? Fantastic,
0: And thank you for still having me on the show. Good evening, everybody listening. And good evening, guys.
1: As usual, we've got a show in three parts. We'll be starting off with some launches at the beginning, uh, followed by a discussion in the middle about JPJ and something they've done fairly recently that some of you might be really happy about. And then at the end, of course, we've got a review. It is the BYD Atto 3EV. Did I pronounce that right, Daniel? Yes, you did. Just checking. All right, off we go then. News and some car launches. Ali Johan, please take it away.
2: So this week's news are basically things that we already reported in the last couple of weeks, but they are finally fully launched. And the first one we have here is the Range Rover luxury SUV, the classic L460 arrived in Malaysia. And you know, one thing about the L460, over the last 50 years, they've only made five generations. So one every about 10 years. And this is the fifth gen new one introduced to Malaysia with a 4.4 litre V8 twin turbo engine. There's talks about a plug in hybrid version coming in as well at a later time, but we don't know that yet. As we know, the Range Rover L460 uses a BMW engine that produces 530 PS with 750 Newton meters of torque. What can we say about this car? All I can say
0: is, which I mentioned to Richard some weeks ago when we first talked about it. Doesn't it look better than a Rolls-Royce Cullinan? <laughs> yes, it
1: does.
0: <laughs> it sure does. It's about the same size. And the funny thing is, think about it. Huh? The Rolls-Royce brand is owned by BMW and it uses a BMW engine. Range Rover is owned by Tata, but it uses a BMW engine. And it costs a few million ringgit
1: less. <laughs> and is most likely to be a little bit more available. Uh, yes, a
0: little bit more available. That's the interesting part. You know, this car was actually launched globally last year sorry end of 2021 okay then coming into 2022 right now in malaysia the order books have been taken up for it to only be delivered middle to end of this year now you may say okay you know how many units a handful no 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 more than a handful have been purchased by malaysians and here's the interesting thing at 2.4 million ringgit 2.4 million ringgit wow Can you imagine? The last time a Range Rover was launched in Malaysia, it was just about 1.4 million. And we all stood up and said, my word, why is it so expensive? And then, you know, you look at the luxury and the features and everything else, you say, okay, they've got everything there. Now, it's a million ringgit more. And still, you have enough buyers in Malaysia.
1: That's crazy.
2: It is It's not
0: crazy. It's not crazy. There's no recession in Malaysia. Malaysia is standing away from the rest of the world. We are not in a recession. We are a booming economy. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think you're on the wrong show I think you should be doing The breakfast build <laughs> Let
0: me tell you An interesting fact Which I found out Two days ago At the launch of this vehicle In Malaysia If mm. you go to UK right now You can check this out Richard Because you have your Barclays account in UK And you've got a lot of money Sitting there Hey <laughs> <laughs> If you go into A Range Rover dealership To order this car In any spec In any variant You've got to wait a year Okay. Because that's how huge the demand is even in England and the rest of Europe. So 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 the boom-boom economy is not just Malaysia. I think it's also in the UK and Europe.
2: Ha. okay. It's everywhere. Moving on now, uh, after a lot of, teasing and you know building up hypes and stuff, Audi in Malaysia finally unveiled its electric supercar, which they call the e-tron GT Sports Tourer and uh, it shares the same EV platform as the very popular Porsche Taycan. And you can now book the e-tron GT. It's not Audi's first full EV, but this is going to be their flagship EV for the future, Daniel.
0: Well, in terms of being uh, the hero EV, yes. This is the Hero EV. Yes, it's shared with the Porsche Taycan. Interesting fact: three variants, same as the Porsche Taycan, also three variants, but the pricing is slightly lower. With each variant, it's about forty to seventy thousand ringgit lower. But that's also because Porsche, you always pay a slight uh, uh, premium on its branding. Mm. Now, this vehicle is in Malaysia right now. Bookings are open. Deliveries to be done in the next three months, depending on what kind of surge there will be in bookings obviously after this show people listen to the show the bookings will surge to a few hundred but right now this car can be delivered to you faster than a porsche Tycon, which has more than six months waiting list even after two years
1: in the market i've got to say i love the looks of this
0: yeah i looked at it and i said to myself it's starting to look even more interesting than the Taycan.
1: <laughs> yeah yeah you know? There's something about
0: it. I, I think because the Taycan looks too much like a normal 911 with four doors, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd this agree.
0: has got a lot more aggression on the front and on the side of, the, of it.
1: Mm-mm.
0: Now, just an interesting fact. At the same time, Audi in Malaysia introduced the Q8 e-tron. Now, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you are going to say, hey, Q8, isn't that a huge SUV like the Lamborghini Urus? Yes, but this is now the Q8 and the Q8 Spots back. These are also full electric vehicles. So... They're about the size of, um, let's say, a Mercedes EQS, or around there. But here's what's interesting: the prices start Mm. from just three hundred and sixty-nine thousand ringgit, up to four hundred and seventy-six thousand. These are fully imported Audis, full factory warranty. You know, loaded to the brim with all kinds of features, electric vehicles. At three hundred and sixty-nine, it becomes very, very tempting because that's almost the price of a Tesla without warranty and without after-sales. And you're getting a full-fledged Audi e-tron.
1: That's somewhat of a bargain. Mm. Keep the excitement rolling. What else have we got?
2: Yes. Give me more. Yes, yes, more come in. From from a car that is very, very expensive to a a Malaysian favourite. We mentioned this last week, but finally this week, Produa Asia has been launched and it's been two weeks since the order books opened for the A-segment hatchback. And so far, Produa has been able to collect over 20,000 orders Prodo, are anticipating the new Azia to be a best-selling model this year with over eighty-two thousand units projected, a sales target of about five thousand seven hundred units a month. And the interesting thing about this um, Asia, we 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 spoke about it last week, is still the familiar one-liter three-cylinder naturally aspirated engine. Um, and also, this one comes with Smart Drive Assist on most of its variants. You
0: know what is really interesting and. I would say impressive, the word is impressive, that Perdua has managed to load this vehicle, this small little compact car with so many safety features. For example, six airbags. There are some vehicles costing double the price that don't even have four airbags. This has got six airbags. It's got hill start assist, emergency stop signal, vehicle stability control, traction control, ABS, of course, ISOFIX child seats, of course. But you know, the thing is, Some of these features you don't even find in, you know, cars costing twice Mm. the price. Mm. Uh, I'm talking on the high spec, which is forty nine thousand five hundred ringgit. There are four variants. On the lowest variant, which is the Axia G, which is thirty eight thousand six hundred, you still get, you know, two airbags. You get, you know, vehicle stability control. You get traction control, which is still very very impressive. So I think Perdua has really moved the, the game up. I mean, game up by a few goalposts. And they're telling the competitors, listen, yes, we are a national car, we get a lot of preferential uh, treatment in terms of taxation and all that. But we're giving Malaysians a high quality, very safe vehicle for them to get moving around. You know, even if you want to go outstation, this car will easily go up to Kantan and from, from Klang Valley, no issue. Hmm. At a very reasonable price.
2: Yeah. You know, that is
0: why their sales are just
2: booming, booming, booming. And the top spec, the Asia AV, is just below the fifty thousand ringgit mark add on a few more thousand for a gear up body kit which they always offer with their top spec uh, Ativa and, and, and Myvi as well, right? Exactly. Uh, moving on to some global news and now we're going to head to India because Maruti Suzuki, the company that handles Suzuki vehicles in India, have launched two new models and uh, interestingly, they've uh, added more to the SUV market. They've got four SUVs already uh, by Suzuki in India but now they've added a small one-liter SUV called the Suzuki Frongs um, is either a one-liter mile hybrid engine or a 1.2-liter petrol engine. Um, I can hear Richard laughing in the background because of the name, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's the oddest name I've
1: heard. Yeah,
0: ever, yeah. You know, actually, actually, sorry to interrupt, Ali, but when I saw this name on, on the release, I was looking, is there a typo? <laughs> that
2: ah, that like, just sounds so strange. It should be a yeah, T there. And like, Frank. Google did, it and it's not a typo. <laughs> that is the name. That's a Fronx. And this one, uh, a very popular Jeep uh, because it's been in Malaysia for a number of years. The Suzuki Jimny, but uh, a model that comes with five doors instead of three that we've seen in Malaysia. And this one, Richard, Uh can you look at that? Yeah, Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. 1.5-liter petrol engine, another one of Suzuki's new offerings in the Indian market. Now,
0: this is the interesting part. Now, Suzuki Global which is based in Japan, when they first spoke to our local Malaysian uh, Suzuki franchise, which is uh, Nazar Eastern, the, the main distributor, they were only allowed to bring in models from Japan. That means Japan-specific models, fully imported into Malaysia, no local assembly. That is why the prices were very high. When the, when the Swift arrived, people said, wow, what kind of price is this? And then Jiminy also came in at a very high price. Still, they sold very well. There was a, there was a slight waiting list. You start seeing them now on the road. With just one dealership, that's the one in, in uh, PJ, they've managed to sell quite a bit of vehicles. They've not expanded. Now, I think, rumor, you heard it here first, that they are going to allow them to bring in models from India, which means the Jimny 5-door will be coming to Malaysia and there's a good chance that Richard's favorite name, Frongs, will also <laughs> be coming to Malaysia. And with this, with this kind of, you know, hybrid engine option and everything else, they'll get a good tax concession which will make it very, very price worth it so I think the best seller will still be the Jimny
1: 5
2: door such a cute car exactly that's why it's
1: a cute Cute. car it looks like something Tonka built
0: (laughs) exactly Tonka built yes and the colour look at the colours
1: yeah Yeah, exactly right on that note we've been talking about toys and cars and aren't they the same thing Uh, time for a short break of course when we come back a bit of a discussion about something very close to our hearts and uh, how the JPJ might be going uh, well are going digital yeah Didn't we talk about this like two years ago or something? (laughs) Yep. This is Cruise Control here on BFM 89.9, the business station. fm 89.9 the business station welcome back to cruise control i'm rich bradbury and as usual i'm with ali johan daniel fernandez if you're only just joining us we've spoken about some car launches the Perodua azia the new range rover the audi e-tron gt uh, suzuki stuff but now the crux of the matter is a very important discussion jpj are going digital it, it sounds like a dream daniel tell us more
0: Oh, this is a real dream. For me, it's really good news. And only because of this, I do not have to use those terrible stickers anymore. Yes. <laughs> you know, we have written about this for years. Even before COVID, we were talking about this because why every year I've got a, I've got a couple of cars at home. Every year when I go and renew the Rotex, I get this little sticky nonsense that, you know, I stick on and then it's, it leaves residue on my fingers. And then it doesn't leave a residue on the glass because why? It starts tearing off. It starts peeling off, you know, after a few months. And then it gets really gunky and and messy. And then when you go through a roadblock, the police can't even see. They can't even read it, you know. (laughs) What's the point? And then, you know, JPG, of course, is paying money for this. And of course, we are buying it. And then there's costs involved. It never gets improved. We have given so mm-hmm. many. Art- I think we wrote about a dozen articles on this over the years. We even showed pictures of how after a few months. And then when we take test cars, if it's a new test car, it is normally between you know five to six to seven weeks old. Some of them have already got the the, the, the road tax sticker you know peeling off and you know flapping in the wind and things like that. So finally, we've got a minister who's doing some work. I think Anthony Locke has gone and done something. He has gotten rid of it. Mm. It's gone digital. He's done it so nicely. He's even included our driving licenses to go digital. Wow. And from what I've been told, it's saving JPJ 97 million ringgit a year. How much? 97 million ringgit a year, which is fantastic news. Great for the department, great for the, mm. for the finance ministry. And we don't have to deal with this anymore. So... But also, at the same time, if you're still a little bit of, you know, oh, yeah, I, I don't want to have this digital, I don't want to have it on my phone, you know, I, I don't believe in smartphone carrying all my information, okay, you can still go and buy a normal Rotex and go through the hassle of sticking it on your screen or like what I've suggested to a few people, who said, no, 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 I still need a physical Rotex. Go and buy a Rotex. Just don't stick it on your windscreen. Just put it in your dashboard. Put it in your glove so, box.
1: We're very happy about this. Right. Who are going to be the people who are unhappy?
0: The guys who are printing the lousy sticker. Correct.
1: Correct.
0: (laughs) They are not going to be happy. At all. And and you know, who's also in in a bit of a rut in terms of business? I heard just today, MyEG. Oh, oh. You don't have to order your road tax through MyEG. You can do it online. Yes, so I heard their stock value has gone down.
2: But Daniel, what is the situation going to be like at Roadblocks then?
0: Okay, the police department and JPJ are already online. They have laptop computers. They have everything in in their smartphones. They know how to check. For example, now, if you're driving along the road, which happened to me a few years ago after the first COVID lockdown, I had road tax on my car, but I just forgot to put it on. Because remember, they gave us a a period where if you don't renew your road tax, it's fine for three to six months or something like that. Okay, because nobody is driving around. So when I went to renew my road tax, I just forgot to just stick it on because I didn't have time to go and get the clear sticker to neatly put it on my windscreen. So while waiting for all that to be done, I had the thing in my glove box. So what happens is I was being followed by this police car. And the guy suddenly put on his siren and pulled me over. I thought, my God, what did I do wrong? Did I go through a light or speeding or whatever? And the guy pulled me over and he says, hello, sir, how are you and all that? Have you renewed your Rotex? I said, yes, I've renewed my Rotex. Then he checked. Okay, yes, I've renewed. I said, then why did you stop me? Oh, we're just doing a random check. Then I said, it's in my glove box. He said, yeah, you know, we saw you earlier at the point without the Rotex on, but we checked, you have it. Why don't you just stick it on? Because at that time, they still want you to stick it on. You get what I mean? Right, right, yeah. It was just reminding me because looking at my number plate and checking on his system, I had my tax, but I just ha- did not have it on my windscreen. Now comes huh. news with Anthony Locke doing this, we don't have to stick it on our windscreen. So we, what we're doing is actually what a lot of developed countries do. If you go to Europe and, and the US, they don't do all this. It's already Correct. in the system, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I remember going home for the first time in years. I didn't see on my dad's car for the first time. i like, hey, dad, how can you be driving around with, without the no texting on no need anymore it's all digitized and this was maybe nine years ago Mm. so
0: now since we have millions of people in malaysia listening to our show and hopefully anthony loke i'm going to ask him for the next greatest thing go on then you heard it here first standardized number plates no longer getting number plates from shops
1: Oh, and here's me thinking that you were gonna say enough parking spots for everybody. <laughs> no, no, no. Parking is something you can work out.
0: Imagine now if everybody had a standardized number plate like you have in Australia and UK and Europe and everywhere else. That means you do away with all these fancy italics and fancy fonts and all that. You have one standard and that's it. If you if you get any other standard, you're out. You're charged. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: That way. Parking systems—you can not worry about. You know, a lot of a lot of the new digitized parking systems—they use a camera to to detect a number plate. Mm-hmm. So if you have a fancy number plate, it can't detect it. I've seen in some buildings where they have this camera that that captures your number plate. The guy is just waiting there for for minutes because why the the machine will not detect his number plate. And then also True. when you have when you have speed cameras, they can see the car, but the number plate is so fancy they can't see it. Mm. So you need to standardize it just like they do everywhere else in the modern world. So that's the next thing. Please, YB Anthony, look, please look into this. Get the number plate standardized like they have in developed countries. That's all I'm asking for.
1: I mean, this fellow's got so much to do. So much.
0: And I'm giving him more work because you know why? He will Mm. get it done.
1: That's the thing. That's the thing. Right. Time for a break then. Folks, stay tuned. We'll be back in just a few moments. We've got a car review. It's the BYD Atto 3EV. Don't go anywhere. This is Cruise Control on BFM 89.9, the business station. FM 89.9, The Business Station. Welcome back to Cruise Control, third and final part of this week's instalment. And it's finally the review, the BYD Atto 3EV, an all-new electric car all the way from China. Daniel, tell us all about this then. Okay, first of all, BYD. The history
0: of this company is very interesting. They are battery manufacturers. They started making just normal batteries, then they they, they expanded. And, you know, you can Google and get the information, fantastic. Uh, information on this company of how they started, uh, one man um, just with the with the you know with the, the whole idea of you know um, storage of power. He wanted to store mm. power properly. That's that's mm. that's the word for it. You know, did very well. And then of course he decided you know let's let's go into the automotive market. He didn't start with electric cars. He started with combustion engine cars. It didn't work out too well. He was working with a few partners. Didn't work out too well. I think it was at the time when you know China was booming with so many car brands coming out. So he thought, okay, I'll just ride away because I've got money. I've got I've got investment. Let's go with it. And then when the electric car boom started in China, he said, hey, I'm building the storage capacity for all this. And this is the main component of electric car. Hey, I, I will be a, a leader, you know, market leader. But initially, it didn't work out so well. Because why? You can have the best battery system, but you also, you need design, build. You need, you need people from the auto industry to still come and work with you on this, Right. So, his yep. first few models didn't do very well. And then comes the Ato 3. Brand new platform, brand new design feature, this, that. He even got a guy called Mikel Paganetti to be his designer. You know, that guy brought in the whole SUV look. Of course, the interior is very, very interesting. If you look at the interior, there's a lot of swoops, lines, and some guitar strings on the doors. The door handle is a, is a work of art by itself. Even the aircon vents, they look like something that came out of the old Renault T4s, you know, which had uh, rotating, uh, like, dials. Yeah, uh, yeah, So, if you get into this car, the first thing you'll notice is, wow. It's either you love it or hate it. Now, the word hate, what I mean is because some people look at it and say it's, it's just too stylish, too futuristic, too, I would use the word, avant-garde. Some old-school people say, oh, you know, I, I, can't, I can't accept this. But that's only a small group. And I'll tell you why it's a small group. This car has changed the mindset of a lot of people for electric vehicles. Number one, price. Okay? The extended range version is 167000 This is the one I, I test drove. Wow. Now, at the same time, you have cars like the Renault Zoe, the Nissan Leaf, which has been here for some time, who just did not get the attention of people. Because why? They didn't have this kind of range. They were only giving you half the range. Then, of course, you had the Aura Good Cap. Which came the same week as this car from Great Wall. The car looks like a Beetle photo. That one had almost the same range, slightly more actually. Uh, this car is 480. The Aura is 500, a little bit more. Price almost the same, you know, just a 2000 uh, ringgit difference. But the Aura is a car, this is an SUV. But when you get into the interior of this car, you suddenly realize that it's not just the funky avant garde looks, it's also the build quality. And that's what impressed me. I wasn't interested in all the little gimmicks that this car had, because gimmicks anybody can do. But when he talks about build quality, you're talking about soft touch panels, you're talking about seat comfort, you're talking about you know padding in the right places where you put your arm and you rest. And then you get into the back seat, it's spacious. Mm. And it's comfortable for three adults sitting together, even if they're a little bit heavy set like me, or tall like you, Richard. Okay. So it's it's a spacious vehicle. It's roughly the same footprint as, say, a BMW X1. Uh, it's slightly bigger than a Hyundai Kona. It's about the size of a Volvo XC40, I would say, you know? Mm-hmm. So, it's quite a nice size. Now, all that put aside, let's talk about electric car driving. So, every electric car drives about the same in this range. Every, every, everyone drives about the same because why? It's a battery, it's electric motor, it's front-wheel drive or rear-wheel drive. But when you get into this car, does it really change your mind? And this is where BYD has managed to convince a lot of buyers globally and Malaysia. From the time you start this car, of course, it's quiet like any electric car. You start driving it very, very soon. Maybe, you know, within like 45 minutes or half an hour driving city traffic. You'll forget you're in an electric car. Yes, you know, it's quiet and everything. But you'll forget because why? It handles, it drives, it's comfortable. It's like driving a premium European vehicle. That is interesting. Because of the comfort, because of the build quality, because of where you put your hands, your touch and feel point. And then, of course, you've got, you know, the power delivery, like any electric car, when you put it in sports mode, it's quick. It's a touch and feel point. I don't know how to emphasize this, but you've got to get in the car to understand what I'm saying. You know, even when I gave people a ride in it, like friends of mine who said, come on, let me give you a ride in it for like 15, 20 minutes. And then they said, wow, this car is premium. Huh? Wow, this car feels nice and then when you go over bumps and uneven surfaces on the road especially in PJ, there's still plenty despite all the complaints we made you don't feel like you're being tossed around now a lot of electric cars the platform because it's very stiff the vehicle is very heavy because of the battery you get a very unnerving ride on on very bad tarmac okay mm. and when you go over like you know certain parts of PJ where they have those yellow lines along the road uh, near LRT stations and all you know when you're you know yeah. you can actually feel it in the back
1: yeah yeah
0: But with this car, you don't really feel it. So, they've got the compromise in terms of ride comfort, tyre size, everything else. Just right to give you that comfortable, premium feel on the road. And this is where BYD, I think, will surpass European compact electric cars in coming years. Even with this model, I'm sure there'll be improvements coming or even a new model comes. They are going to make a slight difference. Now, the last time I was impressed with an electric car like this was when I drove the Volvo C40. Now the C40, of course, got a lot going for it. Uh, rides beautifully, also very premium and everything else. But the Volvo is almost hundred thousand ringgit more. Huh? Now, of course, it's Swedish, great, you know, styling, technology, and everything else. But apple to apple, I'm trying to think: why would I pay hundred thousand ringgit more? Is it the mm. badge? Mm. You know, is it the branding? Now the Volvo branding is very strong. It's very premium. But again, when you talk about an electric car, the premium to me is the cabin, features, and the battery range. Now, Apple to Apple, both of them have got nearly the same thing going on. So, it's now about badge branding. Size-wise, of course, the Volvo sits a little bit higher, but size-wise, it's about the same, you know, in terms of comfort and and cabin comfort. So, we drove it. We liked it. My wife drove it. She was actually a little bit first, a little bit, you know, like "Ah, electric car, another electric car. But then after she drove it for a while, she said, hey, not bad, you know. It's comfortable. Now, why I keep using this word comfortable? Because, again, because of the weight and and the platform, on our bad roads, you actually feel it. You actually feel it from below your thighs, you know? Mm -hmm. But with this, you don't really feel it. So, they've got the right comfort, really well sorted out. So, now comes the issue of, should I buy an electric car like the Ato 3? If you look at the pictures on DSF, this car has got a tilt-and-slide sunroof, huge one, very nice to use, silent in operation. The front seats are full bucket um, sport seats, which you'll find in a Mercedes-Benz A-Class, you know? Same kind of design. So it's got a really sporty feel inside. You've got 201 PS in terms of power delivery. You've got 310 Newton-meters of torque. Top speed is 160 kilometers an hour. It's restricted, which is good for electric cars because they don't need to go too fast and run out of juice. You don't need to go more than 160 anyway. 0 to 100 in 7.3 seconds, more than enough. Now, charging. Now, a lot of people say, okay, you know, DC fast charger, how long will it take? For this mm. car to get a full charge will take you about 45 minutes to one hour. Okay.
1: okay. Yeah.
0: If you take a slow charge, it'll take about 8 to 10 hours. With a, with a battery driving range possibility 480 kilometers, I think you just need to charge it once a week at
1: home. Mm. The, the battery on this is what I find interesting about it. Because this is something that um, BYD themselves, or, or rather their company, FinDreams, right? Yes. Uh, um, th- this whole idea of the blade battery, something very different to what we've seen in other uh, EVs, correct? Yes, correct. Mm. That's what interests so, me about this. Yeah,
0: so can you imagine, the, for, for, example, for example, when you talk about combustion engines, you always talk about, you know, cars with fantastic engines like, say, uh, an AMG 2-liter hand-built, you know, performance mm. engine or a BMW M engine or, a, or a, uh, you know, a Volkswagen R engine or a Honda Type R 2-liter, you know, mm. or a Toyota, you know, Gazoo Racing engine. These are all performance engines part of the factory where it's very specialized people doing it. Now, when you come to electric cars, you don't have this anymore. So, what do you talk about? Battery technology, battery yeah, technology. Yeah. So, BYD are leaders in battery technology. So, this is why I'm saying they are going to go far because, you know, they're not just providing you a very good engine. Of course, it's a battery, but to me, that's the engine of an electric car, right? Mm-hmm. So, they're giving you the, one of the best engines in the world to move your car. On top of that, they've taken the trouble to actually build a quality vehicle in terms of ride, handling and comfort. Because the segment that's buying this vehicle are not people who are going to be racing around, they're not people who are on a budget, they're people, you know, middle class or maybe slightly above middle class, who want a comfortable vehicle to carry five people and their luggage and whatever else.
1: I think if people could get past the badge snobbery, Mm -hmm. this could be a game changer.
0: I'm going to... Add something interesting, Richard. Now, I had this car over the weekend. I drove it as much as possible because I actually wanted to see how much of the battery I can use up. I only managed to use up about 280 kilometers just in the city, PJ, KL, Shalom, you know, just Mm. going as many places as possible. Now, I would say uh, 50% of the time, uh, if I park, someone will come up to me or someone will come and take a picture or someone will look at me and smile and then put a thumbs up. The rest of the time, people were on the road looking at me and all that. Now, at the same time, I noticed five other BYD auto 3s on the road. That means people have already taken delivery. Right. Now, why I'm saying this is because there seems to be no issue with the fact that it's made in China or it's BYD. I think the BYD name has proven to be something of a premium brand.
1: Interesting. Mm. Especially
0: with Malaysians. So I think mm. no issue. The only problem will be how many units can be brought into Malaysia to deliver because... When I returned the car on Sunday, there were more people in the showroom than any other time I've seen in any other car showroom. You know, when, when Proton launches a new car and Perdua and Toyota launches a new car, you go to a showroom the, the, the next day or whatever, you see a lot of people. Now, this car has already been out for months, right? But the showroom was filled with people. And I'm talking about people of all walks of life and the salespeople were all a little bit giddy trying to, to deal with them. So when I had to return the car, you know, hold on, sir, hold on, sir. And you know, People were test driving, people were coming, people were going, people were asking prices. There is still a lot of interest. From what I understand, bookings have surpassed 1,000 units. Deliveries are coming in fast, but is it fast enough? That's all.
1: I mean, compared to when they delivered the E6, right. that was n- not great, you know. But,
0: but the E6 was not, you know, uh, uh, it wasn't a, a stylish vehicle. It wasn't a vehicle. looker, right.
1: Yeah, yeah it is exactly. But it Interior
0: like- was very bland, very plastic, Right. You know?
1: So it seems like everything they got wrong with that, they turned around and produced this.
0: Exactly, huh? You know? Interesting.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, I have to say, I like. I'd like to get a hands-on look at it. I'll be honest. Right. I've, I've seen quite a few reviews now, and they, all of them saying the same thing. The in, the inside can be quite divisive, but yes. you know. You, like Marmite you either love it or you hate it I yes but,
0: but, mm. but you know that avant-garde styling uh, may not suit everybody but I think that, that not suiting everybody is maybe a very small percentage because demographically now they've got older generation middle 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 age and young people buying this vehicle so it's, it's reached out to all ages and all demographics right now mm, mm,
1: mm. Ali do you have anything to add?
2: isn't there anything at all to you that you felt was a bit lacking in this car?
0: Okay, what I would like to see, honestly, in all these electric cars is less gimmicks. I know a lot of people will disagree with me, but you know, like, you know, the word, you you can talk to the screen. Like, just like how High Proton, Hello Mercedes, Hello BMW, all these have got these talking screens. Now, this one has got Hello BYD. You know, the problem with that is, when you have kids in the car, when you have younger generation in the car, they'll be talking nonstop, stop you know? (laughs) And it's sure. quite irritating. And on top of that, on top of that, the fact that the screen can rotate, some of the people in car, even, you know, I'm talking about 20, 30-year-olds were playing with it, you know, hey, can turn, hey, can mm. turn again, can turn, I press again, turn. it's damn irritating. And I think these are things that should be should be stopped in cars because what well, you don't need to talk to a screen. I know you're supposed to get used to it and after some time and all that, and I don't live with the cars for more than four or five days. But again, when you bring people in the car, you know, this is like a gimmick that it irritates me la, I'm sorry la, you yeah.
2: Know? yeah, yeah. The colour is something That I'm not really into are, they, are there any other colours? I like this colour I think it's
0: because Of my demographic But I like this colour mm-hmm. And there are many more colours They've got a lot of Pastel colours They've got a lot of Light, light uh, Bright uh, Sorry bright colours And they've also got Very plain colours So colour choices Plentiful
1: Great stuff Daniel Thanks very much for that Thank you Okay, folks, well, I'm sorry to disappoint you, but we've come to the end of the show. Um, Now, if you missed any part of this particular show, don't forget you can download the podcast wherever you normally get it from. We recommend the BFM app, which is available at the Apple App Store or Google Play. Head over there, have a listen. We started off with some launches: the Peridua Azea, the new one, the new Range Rover, the Audi e-tron GT, and of course, some Suzuki news. Important stuff in the middle, of course, JPJ going digital and uh, Daniel suggestion that all car license plates should be standardized anthony loke if you're listening uh, you heard it here first Mm. to steal daniel's tagline and of course that review there of the byd Atto 3 ev tune in next week i'm sure we've got more news for you by then we'll be back same time same place next week here on cruise control on bfm 89.9